the icons of real estate podcast. Are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents? Ready to skyrocket your business? This podcast is for you. Tune in every week with your host, Tomasz Fonseca, and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business. From $3 million to $30 million in just 12 months. Brought to you by the Masters in Real Estate Marketing, Arter SEO. Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Patty Teal. Today's icon is Alex Piak. And let me tell you a little bit about him. He's from Dallas. He's been a licensed realtor since 2003. During the past 19 years, he has owned and operated several real estate companies. In 2005, he became one of the youngest Remax franchise owners. Then, in 2018, he decided to take on a brand new challenge and open Evolve. You can see it on his hat. It's a real estate group with EXP Realty. Welcome, Alex. Hey, Patty. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on our show. We really appreciate it. So, generally, I like to start so we get to know you a little bit better with you telling us about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Where did it start? Did you wake up when you were 10 years old and decided you wanted to be a realtor or uh, did you have a lot of twists and turns along the way? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, I've been in real estate most of my adult life. I actually got licensed at 20 years old. So it wasn't necessarily 10 years old, but it was pretty pretty early pretty on. Pretty young. So this is- this is actually all I've ever really done is real estate. Uh, I got into real estate because my dad was a real estate agent. Uh, he didn't really do real estate traditional sales. He was an investor. He bought and flipped homes and, you know, traditional flipper. Why am I giving away the commission? If I'm buying and selling, I'll do this myself. So that's really what got him into the business. So I've been involved in the real estate business for a very long time, uh, mostly through construction. You know, as a kid, if you want to spend time with dad, he was flipping homes. So spent a lot of times in homes, a lot of construction background, but I learned a lot about the sales process in doing that. So as I was kind of a, a young kid, 18, 19, 20, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life, I was going to college and Never was a great student, didn't have a clear focus of when I graduate, I want to become this. I was kind of just going to school because that's what my parents wanted me to do and had no real clear direction. I went to school for financial management and thought I'd go to Wall Street or something because I'm originally from Connecticut. So I went to school right on the border of Connecticut in New York. So I just thought that would be the step. And man, I hated it. I hated school. Uh, I was bored out of my mind. So at 20 years old, we were flipping a house and I told my dad, hey, I think I'm going to get my real estate license too. And at that time, you could become a realtor with just 30 hours. So (laughs) not a huge barrier of entry. So I got into real estate and fast forward, you know, I had my first sale a couple of months into the business, three months into the business. And I got that first commission check. And it was on a sale of a condo. So it was probably like 3,500 bucks, not a lot of money. But when you're 20 years old and you're like, whoa, I did that. I really didn't put a ton of time into this. Mm -hmm. What's possible if I really go into the real estate business? So I decided that's what I was going to do. Sold real estate full-time while going to 
to college and, you know, just kind of did that almost as a side thing, but I loved it. I got hooked, had a very successful couple of first years uh, as a very young, you know, young man and cut my teeth on buyers because not a lot of people were lining up to list their home with a 20 year old kid. Right. uh, But I very quickly realized I didn't come into real estate the right way. I didn't have a mentor. Uh, My dad wasn't really selling real estate. So I didn't have scripts. I didn't have dialogues. I didn't have lead generation. I didn't have any of the fundamentals, which you actually need to understand if you're going to be successful. So I did everything trial and error. Mm -hmm. I bought everything. I attended every seminar. I had the David Knox DVDs. Like I went through all of it because I didn't know what to do, but I knew there was people really successful in real estate. And if they could do it, so could I. But I'll be honest with you, and maybe a lot of people could resonate. I bought so much stuff and a majority of it didn't work, didn't Mm -hmm. work in my market. Um, A lot of it was, you know, kind of that silver bullet, you know, magic type stuff and almost took myself right out of the business. But I I, I cut my teeth on the financial side. You know, I, I understood spreadsheets. So I started to look at the market and I said, if I'm a market expert, That's Mm -hmm. what will differentiate me. I'll know the market. And in doing that, I quickly realized the market was starting to shift and things were changing. That's when I bought my Remax franchise. I said, I need some type of help. Um, I don't have it in my traditional office. So I bought Remax and I loved it. I watched every bit of training there was available. And that led me through the Craig Proctor coaching company. And I started to really surround myself with the best of the best and fast forward that created an opportunity for me to move to Dallas and uh, I've been here since 2014. I started a real estate company here in 2016, grew that to 278 transactions our first 12 months in business. So we've had lots of success and I've been coaching and training agents since then and You know, I always tell people I made all the mistakes so you don't have to. Mm -hmm. I bought all the programs so you don't (laughs) waste your time. Um, Let me just shortcut success and tell you what doesn't work so we can focus on what does work and get you success in a much faster period of time uh, without all the bumps and bruises. Wow, that's a great story. So you have had a lot of education, some of it good, some of it not good, but you learned through the School of Hard Knocks. So that's a great education too. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It was expensive. <laughs> it's not, and, I suppose. You know, there was a lot of points in my real estate career where I was ready to quit. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the downturn of 2007, 8, 9. Yeah. Things got real bad. But again, getting back to education, you know, every time there's a challenge, what's the opportunity? Uh, I got my entire office certified in short sales. And that oh. fueled our company through the downturn when a lot of people had to exit the business or close their doors. We actually excelled. So I have always found that if you can find the opportunity and think differently than everybody else and look for, okay, here's a problem. Mm-hmm. How do I solve it in a way that adds value to the customer? And if I, if I go down that, I usually can build a business that attracts. And uh, that's always kind of been the, the secret sauce is trying to find really what works. But there's so many digital marketers. There's so many people trying to sell us stuff in real estate. It's hard to decipher for the average person 
what works and what doesn't. I always tell my clients, you know, you can $97 a month yourself out of this business and into bankruptcy, right? Everybody's selling something for 50 bucks, 100 bucks a month recurring. And until you pick up your credit card statement and say, I've never used that service, that service, that service. It's the first thing I do with coaching clients is let's just trim the fat of stuff you paid for and you don't even realize that you're not getting value out of. But that's always the challenge. And I, you know, that I was no different than everybody else. I just learned mm-hmm. along the way. So, you yeah. know, there's definitely a faster way to success for sure. That's great advice. I think that I was a member of a gym until finally my credit card expired and they I think I'm not a member anymore, but I wasted a lot of money. (laughs) There's a good tip for all real estate agents out there. Uh Switch up your business credit card every 24 months and let everything go. I I just did that this year and I wait for, hey, we tried to process your bill. And then I realized, oh my Mm. gosh, I didn't even know I was paying that company. So that's that's every two year process for me. That's a really great tip. That's a wonderful tip. So did you choose Dallas because it was good for real estate? Or did you just like the area? Yes, that's an awesome question. So I had a real estate mentor, Brian Moses. He was my coach. I met him in the Craig Proctor days uh, in 2006. And uh, we really hooked up and he mentored me from 2010 all the way up, you know, until even now I still connect with him all the time. Through going to some of his seminars, I met uh, some people here who had a real estate coaching company in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And they offered an opportunity if I would ever consider leaving Connecticut uh, to come down and help with their coaching and training. And they wanted to start a real estate business. And through my connection with Brian, you know, they kind of knew who I was and what my capabilities were. And it just so happened, you know, after growing up in Connecticut, I got real tired of the cold, the snow in my market. People here in Connecticut, they're like, oh, it's beautiful. And I'm like, yes, if you live on the water or next Mm, to New York. I lived in a little town called Naugatuck where the average sales price was 150,000. Waterbury, Connecticut was next door. The average sales price was 97,000. Homes were built in the 1800s. And like, it wasn't what you would think when you think Connecticut. So I was selling a bunch of homes. I was renovating homes, flipping homes. But for me, my goals, aspirations of what I wanted to do for my family were much bigger than what that market would support. And, um, you know, I took a risk. I said, Dallas, I came, I visited. I knew the opportunity to fulfill what I wanted to do personally, my goals, my income goals, my business goals, family goals. This was a better opportunity. And it just so happened I, I met these people. They made me an opportunity my wife and myself were already looking to relocate. We actually looked in La Jolla, California. So we were open to it. And sometimes just having an open mind, it's funny how those opportunities then per- per- present themselves. Oh, that is so true. So what is the average house price in the area that you sell? Do you cover the whole Dallas area? That's another great question. So I do not believe in being a generalist. So okay. Dallas, Fort Worth is massive. It would take me an hour and 45 minutes to get to Fort Worth. So what I do is really focus in on Dallas in the North Dallas suburbs, Plano, Texas, Prosper, Frisco, McKinney, Allen. So I really specialize in the North Dallas suburbs and my average sales price in this market is going to be about 650 to 700,000, depending on the city. 
So does that, that is you... way up, by the way, way up from normal, like most. Oh, way up from what it was a couple of years ago. For sure. So is that for, say, a three bedroom, nice house that an average family would live in? Yeah, so you can get a nice three bedroom, two bath in a newer neighborhood with some amenities like a pool, walking trails, things like that. That's only a couple of years old. Uh, we just had one for 600000 and mm -hmm. something like that in our market will still sell in about a week and get multiple offers. Wow. In about a week, that's still very, very good. Yeah. yeah we just had one that we put on in our first week. We had four offers and wow. over 25,000 over asking. Mm -hmm. Now that would have been, you know, a home that sold. I had the exact same home that sold for a hundred thousand over asking in four days three months ago. So our market has finally transitioned to starting to get back to that pre-pandemic level where buyers actually have some homes to look at, some to mm -hmm. choose from, and you don't have to pay a hundred grand over asking. So I'm excited about right. the change in the market. And I think most agents should be excited about that change as well. Well, that's interesting to look at as a positive that way. And I guess it is in a lot well, of ways. Absolutely. Listen, the last two years, I always say if, if you're if you're a productive agent, the last two years have not been fun because you can do all the right things and not get your buyer offer accepted. Sure. Um, it, now, if you had listings, that's great. But yes. guess what was the hardest thing to get listings? The, right. no, the inventory levels in most markets were so scarce. So there wasn't mm -hmm. a lot of opportunity. And honestly, the other challenge is when the market is so good, everybody gets into real estate. Oh. So we've seen the real estate population balloon from 900 and we're about 990,000 agents. And some reports have us up to 1.6, 1.7 million realtors. And the reason is from 2014 till today, the market has been going straight up. So everybody gets into real estate because it's easy and you can make a lot of money. <laughs> it's not easy, but you can make a lot of money, but not starting out sometimes, especially in that market. I know the young, newer agents, it must have been very difficult for them who didn't have the established, very wealthy buyers that were paying cash and even to get their offer accepted. Like you said, it was like a needle in a haystack. Yeah, it was a very difficult market. And, you know, being in business now since 2003, I've already gone through this in a much more severe market change, right? The, the housing bubble due to mortgages in 2008-9, you know, real estate went from 950,000 agents to 1.3. And then when the market collapsed, it went all the way back down to 900,000. Mm -hmm. Now we've seen the same buildup. And now NAR has come out and said that 30% of the realtor population will be gone by the end of this year. Wow, so that's really- we'll see those numbers trickle back down mm -hmm. because homes are not gonna sell as fast. There's not as many buyers now due to interest rates. It's not gonna be easy to get sales. And let's face it, the average realtor, I think NAR said, you know, they make less than $40,000 really? a year. Mm -hmm. The average agent sells less than six homes a year. Mm -hmm. It's more of a hobbyist profession than a professional. But mm -hmm. as you transition in these types of markets, that's when the professional agent gains massive market share. And that's why I'm excited about the shift. And I think anybody who has a good strategy, good plan, and treats your business like a legitimate business will thrive in this market. Oh, that's good to know. 
So we talked about it a little bit, but I know that you've been speaking to people about the four ways to market proof um, your real estate business and thrive throughout all these different times. So I'm really excited that my pen in hand to take notes. So <laughs> yeah. can you tell us? Yeah, you know, the market is always going to change, right? We went from a market six months ago where there was no inventory and it was hard to get buyers off or accepted. Here we are now, inventory's on the rise in most major metros. Buyers have more selection, but guess what the challenge is? Interest rates have gone up by three percentage points. So I like to teach agents how to market-proof their business. So no matter what's happening, you've got some consistency and you're always growing. So I really broke it down to four strategies. And the first is you need to have multiple marketing and lead, genera lead generation sources of business. Mm -hmm. Most agents have one, some may have two. What I can tell you is the top agents have four to six marketing pillars. And if you think of them as, I'm in Texas, so let's call them oil wells. Okay. And they're all pumping. That's mm -hmm. awesome. But if one well goes down and you still have three producing, you're okay. But if you only have a single well and that one goes down, you're out of business. And let's go back to 2008, 9, 10. A lot of real estate agencies and agents switched to REO business platforms because everything was foreclosure and short sale. So they said, I'm just going to do bank-owned sales. Well, that means they needed to staff for REOs. They needed cleaning crews, maintenance, locksmiths. So they stopped generating buyer and seller and only focused on REO. And while the REO business was good for a period of time, when the market transitioned, they were all in trouble because they had that one pillar and it dried up. So most of those people got out of the business because there was no more REO or some had to massively pivot their business, lay off and let go a lot of staff, and then start the traditional marketing campaigns again, which at that point, you know, we know real estate takes months to get that momentum back. So that was the first time I really saw if you're a business of one, you're always in trouble. It's like building a house on a single peer foundation. You would never do that. So if we think about this as foundational pieces, if you can have four to six, if one or two go out or are impacted adversely, you're still okay. You're not scrambling to go back to a nine to five job to make ends meet. So every realtor should have at least four to six marketing pillars. And those marketing pillars could be for sale by owner. They could be expired. They could be non-owner occupied uh, investment properties. They can be search-based leads like Google and Bing. They can be social media type ads like Facebook and Instagram. There's no shortage. They could be your past client sphere of influence. There's, there's seven right there mm -hmm. that I just gave people. The idea is pick out your core four and then put an actual step by step strategy and plan together. This is the, where agents fall short. They say, I'm going to do these four things. Mm -hmm. They never took the time to say, 
how do I do that? What is step one, two, three, four, five, six? Like if you're doing expireds, where are you getting your leads from? What is your platform? Is it Vulcan? Is it Red X? Mm -hmm. Are you getting a three line dialer? Are you getting three phone numbers or five phone numbers? When do you call? How often do you call? Do you follow it up with a text message? Do you send direct mail? If you do direct mail, how many pieces? What are, what's going to be in each of those pieces? They've never broken down the strategy into the tactics. Wow. Build a system. Mm -hmm. When I say your core four, you got to build a system in a process that you are consistently doing day in and day out for all four of those uh, core strategies. Right. Oh, that's such great advice. Build so that you, system. Yeah. If you have four, you're in good shape. So past clients in, in sphere of influence, I do a 40 touch system. They get two emails every single month from me. One is a market update report. And then one is either something about the season of the market, getting your home prepared, what's happening in, in, in the neighborhood or market this spring, summer, fall, activity-based, things like that. So two emails, I usually will send out at least one to two direct mail pieces mm -hmm. every single month. And then we like at least four actual where you reach out, pick up the phone and connect with your people. Uh, and most of my best clients, we, we are doing one to two past client SOI parties or events. Mm -hmm. Now those could be uh, a Popeye. Maybe it's a pie you drop off for Thanksgiving, something to give you FaceTime, uh, pumpkin giveaways, pumpkin carving, painting, things like that. Uh, I just recently had an ice cream truck come into my neighborhood on the last day of school and we bought ice creams uh, for the entire neighborhood. Wow. So we were able to do a direct mail piece on that, a phone call piece, and then face to face, right? So that was three touches. Now, if you do that, that equates to 36 to 40 connections with your best people every single year, keeping you top of mind when it comes to real estate, which is super important if you're focused on building repeat and referral type business as well. So, you know, there's two different strategies with two different tactics broken down. So you definitely want to have at least four of those built out into your business. Mm -hmm. Wow. Good advice. Yeah, thank you. And then, you know, the second thing I think it's very important, especially right now, is you as a real estate professional need to control the narrative and the story that your clients are being told. Um, I don't care what side of the fence you're on. Media today is so one-sided and it's doom and gloom and everything is salacious headlines and they love to just scare people. <laughs> they do, that's for sure. It's awful. Mm -hmm. Control the narrative. When I tell my clients control the narrative, what I mean is be the market expert, use statistics and data of what's actually happening in your market so you can properly tell people the truth. Because mm -hmm. most people think real estate is crashing. Before we jumped on today, I just did my North Texas market update report for, and this was the July edition that we did And the list price to sales price ratio is 108%. Wow. 
Now, if you were watching the news, you think real estate prices are crashing. You think the market is crashing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the average home in my market is selling for 8% above asking price right now when interest rates are at six, near six, above six. So most people aren't being told the truth. They're being told the narrative. So I always you have to control the narrative by being the market expert and using statistics and data that supports and educates people on what's really happening in the market. I think that's really important in today's social media world that we're in. Oh, Alex, that's a great tip. Yeah, because people are scared and they're just uh, staying away, some of them, just because they've been uh, not informed correctly. 100%. You know, Mm -hmm. people only get the, the part of the story based on what news station they tune into or who they subscribe to on social media. And a lot of times, unfortunately, that's really driven in, in one or two ways. So we need to just be the, the, here's what's really happening and just tell people mm-hmm. and then let them know how they can take advantage of this, right? So yeah, inventory is going up. So how, for, for buyers, that's great. You have more homes to choose from mm-hmm. and interest rates have gone up. That's great too. You know why? 20% mm-hmm. of buyers are out of the market, which means there's less competition. Oh, okay. And they're like, okay, that makes sense. But what about home values? Well, home values, you no longer have to offer $100,000 over asking. Mm-hmm. So how does that equate? Well, remember when rates were 3% and you paid hundred grand over? Mm-hmm. Well, now rates are five and a half and you're paying asking price. Right. One percentage increase in interest rates is 10% affordability. Well, if the average buyer was paying 20% over list price to win, even though you were at 3%, That's like a 5% payment. So I always tell my people, hey, you don't have to do that anymore. So your affordability is almost the same. And they're shocked because nobody's really explained to them. Yes, rates are up. But what you're paying for the house is almost the same as what somebody did six months ago because they paid 25% more than what you're paying. You don't have to write those ridiculous offers anymore. So that's what I mean by control the narrative, let people know the opportunity, whether it's buying and or selling. And then you got to get that information out on whatever channel you can, whether it's social media, YouTube, whether it's your emails to your database, you got to get the information out. Mm-hmm. That's another good advice. Um, and do you feel like because prices are better, eventually they could refinance if the rates do go down? Absolutely. And everybody who's kind of looking at interest rates, we all expect rates to continue to go up this year. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are saying there's going to be the cooling off period once inflation gets under control and the market gets some more stability back into it. So yeah, if you buy your home right now and you don't overpay because you don't have to, and you get a 6% interest rate in two years, maybe you refinance that thing out at five. Guess what? The person who bought six months ago, who paid a hundred grand over asking, they can't refinance and they're always going to have the higher base payment because they paid a hundred grand over asking and they're not going to be able to refinance out that 3% interest rate. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think right now there's great opportunities. I've even seen some people who are okay with some level of risk do a seven one arm. They believe rates will go down in the next seven years. Mm -hmm. So they'll do an adjustable that maxes out at 1% change per year 
after seven years because they anticipate being able to refinance out within the next six years at a lower interest rate. So we're already starting to see some highly educated people kind of understanding where things are going, um, really coming and formulating good buying plans and strategies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So we got number one and number two, and I can't wait to hear number three. Number three is uh, something that I was taught a while back. It's about differentiation. You know, the, the challenge we have as, as real estate agents is the consumer views us all as the same, as a commodity. Mm -hmm. So they make decisions on who's the cheapest and or who over promises. We've all gone up to those agents who say they can sell a home and they overprice it with no comparable data, but they just do that so the seller chooses them. Well, when the market changes, people start to look for a professional because now who you work with matters. Guys, in the last 24 months, who you worked with really didn't matter. The home was gonna get 40 offers and sell at top dollar. There wasn't a lot of skill. So don't fool yourself. There's a lot of agents who think they're better than what they were. They were a product of a great market. We're getting back to a skill-based market right now, which I love because I think the professionals are going to excel. The people who practice, who have high levels of skills are going to excel. But you have to differentiate yourself in the results that you get, the services that you provide, and the presentations that you give. When I work with buyers and sellers, it always starts with a consultation, a strategy session. I have formal presentations on the buy side and sell side that completely differentiate me from the average realtor. I'm able to show them what we do and how that impacts them getting what they want. So in marketing, we call these unique selling propositions, USPs. Anybody who's into marketing like myself who studied Dan Kennedy or any you know about unique selling propositions, how you differentiate yourself, something that catches people's attention. So you need to determine what is it that you do differently and how is that important to your buyer or seller client? Because if you can solve that problem and you could position yourself as different and unique in a very valuable way, people will pay you and they will select you. Now that requires you to do a lot of training. So you got to be differentiated in how you are trained. And that is your script dialogue. What are you saying? What is your presentation? How are you delivering it? And what are the services? And I'll give you a few. Uh, on the listing side, do you offer staging? Do you offer 3D walkthroughs? Do you offer floor plans? Do you offer home cleaning services? Uh, landscaping services, moving services. Those are things that you can add on as part of your core services that other agents don't do that immediately differentiate you from the general agent who listed on the MLS does a terrible public open house that two or three people attend. They allow all the other agents in the MLS to sell the home. And eventually outside of that, they come asking for a price reduction. Unfortunately, that's the strategy of most real estate agents. And nobody's really been trained to do anything different. So if you can come to a listing presentation with a true home selling system and marketing plan that breaks down the process and what you do, 
the fact that you show them and you can articulate what you do and it's physical or visible, you're mm -hmm. immediately going to win 50, 60% of the opportunities you go on because the average agent's not doing any of that. They're printing out comparables from the CMA, uh, a CMA and they're going over that and they don't offer a lot of different value to the consumer. Wow, you have given us so much good advice, but we didn't get number four yet, did we? Yeah, number four. This is the biggest one that I'm a huge proponent of. If you coach and train with me or you're one of my real estate partners across the country, video. You absolutely better be a video-based real estate agent. Uh, I believe that should have started two years ago. Um, the good news is most agents are kind of late to that party, so you still have plenty of time. Everything needs to be video-based. I use video for my texting. I use a service like BombBomb Video, so I can text video replies. I have it integrated with my CRM so I can reply via video. I do my market update video. I do YouTube video. Everything is video-based, and there's a couple of reasons. See, when you talk about communication, like what we're doing now, there's the words that you say, there's the tonality, but then there's the body language. There's what you look like. It's who you are, your personality. A lot of that is lost over the phone or in print marketing. When I do video, you get a really good sense of who I am. And if my video is doing a great job in delivering value, maybe it's explaining the home buying process explaining the home selling process, um, the top 10 things to do in Frisco, Texas, the cost of living in Frisco, uh, moving to Frisco from California. And I do those types of video. People are searching for those videos. They get to see me. And if I resonate with them, which is also important, is I want to do business with people who I like because if, they, if I like them and they like me, there's a better connection. So people are going to be drawn to you. The right clients are going to say, I like this person. I like what they're saying. I like who they are. I like their, I can work with them. When they reach out to me and YouTube will be my number two closing source of business this year, quickly becoming my number one, they're not interviewing any other real estate agents. I am positioned as the expert in my market. And Gary Vaynerchuk talks about the cell phone being the new radio and the new television. Most people are consuming YouTube videos or listening to podcasts on that mobile device. Mm -hmm. Well, YouTube is like having your own TV commercial or TV uh, or sitcom or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. So you are viewed as that celebrity. A podcast is what the old radio was. And if you think about the respect people have had for people on TV and radio, that same level of authority is given to us when we're on podcasts and on YouTube. People look at you differently as the trusted advisor, as the expert, especially if you are delivering great, credible information that is helpful and useful. So you need to be leveraging video in every single aspect of your business. Hope. Another great tip. And you are so good at it. You are so articulate and organized. I imagine for some people, it might be a little intimidating and they're not as comfortable, but practice makes perfect. Or would you say take courses? How would they get as smooth as you are? 
shoot a lot of really bad videos. <laughs> Until beginning you get one, it better. Yeah. Listen, the beginning ones are awful. It, I tell, mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like building a muscle. You go to the right. gym the first time, it hurts, and you're not lifting the same level of weight. You're not in that. A month later, you're better. Six months mm -hmm. later, you're better. A year, mm -hmm. you're really good. Um, here's what I love about video. Guys, if it's really bad, delete it and don't post it, right? That's like, true. That's you know, true. It's the worst. Yeah. But here's what I can tell you. An average video posted is always going to outperform the perfect video that never gets shot. Mm -hmm. Period. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we are harder on ourselves mm -hmm. than people are who watch us. Yeah. Because we want to be perfect. Some of my best videos are me with my crazy hair not done, you know, just talking about real estate. You know why? Because people can relate to that. Yeah. I don't get all dialed up. I'm not in a suit. I'm not, you know, perfect. Sometimes mm -hmm. you stumble over your words. I've had videos that I will stop and say, you know what? That made no sense. What I was trying to say is this. Right. Most right. people would cut that out. I don't. Yes. You know why? Because somebody's going to laugh and mm -hmm. say, Hey, that's more relatable. I would do the same thing if I were on video. Right. So I would say, don't overthink it. Start off with something like this, a little $20 tripod in mm -hmm. your cell phone. Right. That right there will get you really far in real estate. You don't need professional equipment or anything like that. Now you may grow into that at some point if you want, but just turning your cell phone on, doing a property tour. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, I was just asked this question by a first time home buyer. And I thought I'd share this information because if you're out there thinking about buying a home, you may have this question too. Mm -hmm. And do things, guys, we're experts. Right. We can talk about real estate. The reason I'm good on video is because I'm talking about a subject that I am fully ingrained in every single day of my life. Right. You ask me to talk about something else, I'd be just as nervous and scared and awkward because I'm not a professional. I don't know what I'm talking about. Everybody who's in real estate should know what they're talking about. Right. And I think your point that it doesn't have to be perfect because this is a day and age where people really like authenticity more than anything else. They want to feel like they know you as a real person and real people aren't perfect. Absolutely. You want to be relatable. Yes. Because that's what's going to attract people to you. Mm -hmm. People are going to say, I like this person. And if people like you and then they respect you and trust you because you're knowledgeable about what you're sharing, that's the recipe for attracting qualified quality buyers and sellers who want to work for you and with you versus, you know, pounding the phones and trying to build rapport. This is more of an attraction strategy. And that's mm -hmm. why I think video should be one of the pillars in your business. Cause in the beginning, you're going to get out there and you got to dial for like, you got to go get it. Right. But if you can go get it while you're also building the attraction with video one day you'll have that great transformation of your business where it's repeat referral and attraction. And you don't have to do some of the, you know, chasing strategies as I call them. Right. And Alex, you've done such a good job establishing yourself as an expert. Obviously, number one, you are an expert and you know what you're talking about, but you also wrote a book I noticed. Can you uh, talk about that? Yeah, thank you. So uh, the book I wrote a couple of years back was How to Dominate Your Market, Become the Go-To Listing Agent. And the premise behind the book at that time was we were, we were doing our new partner program in Dallas and we were partnering with real estate agents and helping them generate listing business. Now, this was a really unique real estate model. In order to become my partner, 
you had to write me a check for $10,000. And then I would put my entire team into your market to help you build a listing based business. And we would get you to 48 closed sales in 12 Whoa. Guaranteed, huh? So that was, that was everything that we did. And we were mm-hmm. doing marketing. We had a, uh, I had a 12 person inside sales center. We were making 20,000 outbound dials every single week. So what I did was I broke down the strategies of, okay, if you want to really become the go-to listing agent in your market, what would you have to know? What would be the sources of business? So I shared things like the best scripts that worked for my inside call center, the best time management, the best calendar layout. We talked about differentiation and building your listing presentation, your buyer presentation. And I just kind of gave it all away in the book because I was that agent who struggled for years. For me, my business was like, it was like Groundhog Day. Every January 1st, it started back at zero because I had no systems, Mm -hmm. no processes, and it wasn't a business. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until, and this took years. I mean, I worked with some of the best real estate coaches, trainers, surrounded myself with these people in and outside of real estate. So I worked mm-hmm. with Dan Kennedy. That's who I wrote the book with was his company. I worked with Frank Kern, Billy Gina's marketing. So I worked with a lot of non-real estate people in the marketing space. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the fundamentals that I wanted to share with agents in this book because I wanted to shortcut success. Well, that's really nice of work, you. Focus yeah. on what does and then have systems and strategies that they can swipe and deploy and put into their business. And you know, now I've transformed, I've taken all of what I've learned from the book. And now I partner with real estate agents across the country where I just Mm -hmm. give all of my stuff to them, coach and train them without having to charge them and uh, really help dive into their business so that they could reach their, you know, their personal goals and, um, you know, really enjoy the real estate business. Cause I'm a firm believer that this business should support the desired lifestyle that you want. I love that. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, yes. So in the past, you sound like you had some challenges, but today you're doing so well. You've worked through it all. You're helping others. Are there any hindrances? Um, You know, like everything, market changes. So you've got to be able to pivot. Adapt. You you Mm -hmm. know, you've got to constantly be learning. You've got to constantly be testing. Uh, Things and ads that we ran six months ago don't work today. So we're always always, always working and studying and getting better. Right. That's great. I spent three days in Vegas last week at a sales mastery three-day boot camp. You're a lifetime learner. Yes. To me, that's your ego that gets in the way. If you think you know everything, you're, you're probably in a lot of trouble. Right. Learn so much from so many people and I'm constantly learning and taking the best pieces of what I learned And the cool thing is I sell real estate. So a lot of coaches, trainers have not sold real estate in 30 years. They don't know what the market is doing. So I'm on the ground. Yes. Right. As I'm able to take everything and I put it into play into my own market before I share it with my partners across the country, I can come to you and say, here's the ad I ran. Here was the results. Here was the click-through rate. Here was the cost per lead. Here's how Mm -hmm. many leads it took to convert. Here's our baseline metrics. Now we'll go put it into your business and then we can test and iterate constantly. 
Yeah. So I wondered about your goals. You've done so much. I, what's your current volume and are you trying to increase it or is that just a constant? Yeah. So we just transitioned to a team here in Dallas. So I ran the brokerage. So I've not, believe it or not, I've not been in real estate production in Dallas since 2014. When I moved here, I was coaching, training, and then built my brokerage with Michael Reese. So last year was my first year getting actually into the Dallas market, which is crazy to go to a new market where you don't know, you have no past clients right. during a pandemic when there's no inventory. So there was a huge learning curve of what does it take to get into a new market in those conditions. And we really had to dive in because what I would have trained people before the pandemic doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. So we used to teach people, if you had to get put into a new market, here's how you become the dominant agent. Well, a few of those lead sources don't exist in a pandemic mm -hmm. when there's no expireds and there's no FISBOs and all these discount agents are mm -hmm. around because the market conditions. So it was awesome to do that. Um, we are now getting, so last year, I think we did about 10, 12 million. This year in January, we brought on five agents on the team. So now I'm focusing on team production to get them ramped up. The goal is to get the local Dallas team up to 10 agents. I also have about 130 agents across the country that I partner with. So my total volume, I, I mean, it's, it's in the probably several hundred to 1,000, 1,200 transaction for my overall team. Wonderful, wonderful. Gosh. We could talk forever, but I'm afraid our time is almost up. You had so much information to share. I thank you so much for being on Icons of Real Estate. You definitely fit the bill to be an icon. Well, I appreciate uh, you having me on and uh, hopefully we delivered some great value and helped at least one agent out there get a little bit of clarity and some strategies in place to thrive and market-proof their business. I think you did. Thanks again. Bye. Thanks, Patty. Uh -huh.